Well, welcome to episode three of From Busy to Rich podcast with Wes Young. Now that we know that change is possible to go from normal to new, today we're going to talk about how to implement new things into your life that will help you create a more intentional life. Justin and Wes, welcome. Good to see both of you today. Thanks, Andy. Good to see you as well. Always a pleasure. So, Wes, let's do a quick recap on From Normal to New, and then we're going to dive into, um, we talked about how in the last episode, and this episode is uh, just a deep dive into the how, uh, how to implement new things into your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the big picture mindset that is critical for growth is that that we all have a normal, which is the current way we go about making progress in any area of our life. We also can have a new, which is different transformed way of making progress and that our greatest opportunities to recognize our future possibilities is not about abandoning our normal necessarily. It's also not about rejecting new. It's quite often about keeping the tension healthy between the two. And and if left to our own mindless efficiency, we will drift in one way too much or the other. So we want to be intentional about not doing that. And in order to accomplish that, we've got to have a couple guardrails in place that organizationally in our, in our business help us do that, but also in all areas of life, these, these distinctions just work. So last time we were together, we talked a lot about uh, the first guardrail, which is you got to be great at your normal. And in order to be great at your normal, you have to define what your normal is. Most of the time, some of the breakdowns that occur in life is just we've not, we've not really audited, what do I believe about this life and how am I actually living it? And so we went through the four distinctions that have been helpful for our organization to transform into, you know, a holistic fee-based financial planning company uh, with, with multiple advisors uh, where we sit today. And those are the what, why, who, and how, and, and unpack those and talked about how those things really help you to be great at your normal and define it on a regular basis. And then today we get to, we get to play around with the other guardrail of uh, challenging our normal with new. Justin, I want to ask you um, when when you think about going from normal to new, you know, with your background in, in helping athletes train, but also as a soldier um, in the military, like what are when you think from normal to new, right? Or the transformation that people make when they enter into a system, whether it's an athletic training or or the military, um, it is is that. Is that the key, right? Not just the idea, but the implementation. And maybe give us an example of um, how, how what's a what's a, what's some way that either in athletic training or military that that they convince people that the new is possible. Yeah, that's a, a lot of transformation that happens in those two categories, right? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, a big part of it, you look at like even mile times, right? Like. I'm sure at some point a five minute mile was seemingly impossible, right? But then somebody breaks five minute mile. Next thing you know, everybody's breaking five minute mile. Same thing with four minute mile. Like I'm not running a four minute mile, even though I know it's possible for some people. I'm <laughs> my why just isn't there, right? Like I'm not going to go spend right. time. But but a big part of that, even on the military side, right, is finding models and examples of people who've done it, right? Like anything, like our story, as unique as it is to us, isn't necessarily unique in the scope of, of humanity, right? And in the history and the culture that we have access to, especially information today. So finding models and then outside coaching and, and or mentorship to help with that. The military is great at that, right? It's this train the trainer model. It's always finding somebody to help train and equip somebody to bypass some of that steep learning curve of, of doing that and then challenge us. When we're getting in that place, like, cause as Wes talks about, we've got these, these guardrails in place, 
there's not necessarily like a steamroller behind you, like pushing you forward, right? Like to make sure that you're still progressing, right? I'm not going left and right, but I'm not going anywhere either. So I will say, West, I think one of the challenges, um, this is unfortunate. Like actually I was watching something about military training the other day. And um, at no point did I think, I wonder if that person was a good soldier. Like, of course they're a great soldier because they're training other soldiers now, right? Yeah. And one of the things that, that I, I think that we all should be cautious of is who are you learning from? Yeah. Because there are people out there, you know, my business partner and I were talking the other day about someone who sort of entered this space of teaching financial advisors. And he was shocked. I was like, why? He goes, because he's not a good financial advisor. Like, <laughs> he's not he's not someone you'd want to emulate. So just a word of caution, I guess, is, is uh, unfortunately, sometimes you have to vet who you're learning from. So Wes, let's d- dive in. Um, let's talk about, um, you know, how, how to, how, how the, how of uh, building new things into our life. You bet. So th- this is a really about a couple things. I think, and I mean, it's, this is not rocket science, but it's so underutilized is it's about the compound effect and protecting time. And, and so if you think about, um, the compound effect, you know, if I, if all of us, if we go to the gym, you know, and, and, and I did, I went to Orange Theory this morning and uh, worked out with my crew, but Andy, the, the deal with going to the gym is if you'd have seen me prior to going to the gym and you seen me after going to the gym, you wouldn't say, wow, you look tremendously better, Wes. You've just altered yourself so much because there's really not a lot of value in one single installment, right? Um and, and in fact, then I could get extreme and say, well, I really want to get in shape, you know, and so I'm going to I'm going to go to the gym for eight hours today. I'm going to cram it in there because there are certain things you can't cram for. Right. In fact, if you, you go to the gym eight hours, you'll end up probably in the hospital. And so I think with the compound effect, though, there is cumulative value. There's cumulative value to regular investments of time over time. So if I if I go every day or, or five days a week for six months, and you would have seen me six months earlier, there is a cumulative value to those right. regular investments of time over time. So the, 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 that cumulative value is really what you're going for when it comes to like blending new into your normal. It, it can't be, that's why event learning, frankly, is, is it's great. It can inspire, you know, we go to a conference, Annie, and um, we, we get a great speaker and man, we take notes and and then we come back to that conference again the next year and we're, and we're like, hey, look at my notes. And I didn't do any of this stuff, but man, I have all these great notes, you know, because you just certain things you can't cram for. It's got to be a diet of regular interval uh, like like activities that lend itself to cultivating new and, and implementing new into your normal yeah. on, on a regular basis. And that's just time. That's just one of, the things, one of the things that I hope that you know, those who are listening will consider is that, you know, revelations are great. Oh my gosh, that's a, that's an amazing idea. I thought of it that way or wow. It's, that's, I mean, it's a light bulb moment, but revelations don't change your life unless you get some repetition after the fact. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm famously remember in college, I got to go hear um, Billy Graham speak. And uh, it was very interesting because I didn't know this, but uh, the the power of Billy Graham and his ministry wasn't just that he goes he went and spoke to a lot of people. It's that all these local churches would take these people who had made decisions to change their life and they'd plug them in locally. So mm-hmm. it wasn't this big revelation like, oh, there's something new. It wasn't just that. It was that. It's like, okay, now we're going to have you 
get into a diet of implementing this. And I know that you're big on this. It's it's great. Revelations are great. New things are great. But then you have to add repetition. I, I think about this just even recently in the news. It's been massive flooding in a few places, some of them in yeah. the U.S. And the problem wasn't um, water. It was too much water, right? Rain yeah. over a period of time is great. But it's like, hey, let's just get 16 inches in a day. That, will kill, that, kill, that kills people, literally, yeah. right? And so it's think about this. It's this, it's it's creating this steady steady diet, you know, the cumulative effect. And there's wisdom in that. Like you're not being lazy if you're like, oh, I'm going to go for 20 minutes a day for four days a week. That's way better than going for 12 hours on one day and just dying in a pile, <laughs> right? So keep walking us down here. What's some more hows? Yeah. Yeah. So really for, for us, we've really divided it into four key categories and I think they're, they're all necessary and, and you just have to blend it into the rhythm of your life on a consistent basis. And, and the categories are cultivation, resolution, orchestration, and execution. So those four things are, are the catalysts that we use to assess and reassess how we're regularly challenging our normal with new and actually and actually implementing those things in the rhythm of our overall operation. Um, the cultivation is for, for me where it starts. Uh, so cu- cultivation, you know, if you think about it, th- this is like regularly exposing yourself to challenging or new approaches that, that are probably going to be different than your own. So, you know, if you, if you re- read a book or you listen to a podcast like this or multitude, you know, we're big podcast fans. We listen to a bunch and, uh, we, we're part of classes and courses that that people are doing it differently than than we're currently doing it. So, what am I doing to regularly expose myself to that? And then, what am I doing to capture it? So, uh, we we laugh about this all the time, but I've, I've got this parking lot of ideas, and and it's like an electronic place that as I'm listening to you or or, or having a conversation with Justin or reading a book or something like that, I'm going, oh, I like that, and I I, par- I put that idea in the parking lot. Right. I'm not just going to try and go run and implement it. As a young leader, I, I oftentimes would, and that's not good either. There's there's definitely some challenging things there, but I'm accumulating, I'm, I'm cultivating possibilities, and and I think that's a, that's a foundational thing that that we have to have if we're going to be in a regular diet. Is we got to have that place where we cultivate. Doesn't mean you eat them all, right? It just means you you put them on. You put the, it's a buffet, and you get you can pick from the buffet what you think will move the needle the most. So something challenge. Wes, what do you think most people do? Do you think that most people don't learn new things or do they learn new things and they don't have a parking lot or a database for them? Or do most people learn them, have a database and don't implement? Like where, 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 where's the blog jam, if you will? Yeah, I think one is, is what we alluded to earlier. I think most people, their revelation ideas, right? Their, their new ideas, it's event learning. It, it's, I, I went to a conference and I got this fire hose of ideas. Maybe I took some notes. Maybe, maybe, maybe I just I didn't. So, so you I think the majority of people stop there, though they don't. Yeah. Have, okay. So, yeah. so the reason I ask the question is, um, you know, we want to speak to the most people to have the most impact. Yep. And um, you know, so so if that's been you who are listening, uh, and you go, yeah, you know, I learn a lot of new things. It, it's really fascinating that you haven't, you know, that that, that there's something. It could be the built-in notes app on your phone. You know, yeah. uh, I, there's a, the, where, where do you park your ideas, Wes? 
Yeah. So the, the two, two spots, one is if I'm driving, like many, if you're driving down the road right now, listening to this podcast, I I'm like you, I listen to a ton of stuff on my way to places, right on the way to the gym or the way back or whatever. And it's my time, consistent time where I get to expose myself to that type of learning and, and what I'm, when I'm driving, right. So I can't like look down and type or write or not legally anyway. Yeah. So I, uh, I use my, my notes app on my phone. That's it. It's that simple. And I just put in a quote or an idea. Um, yeah. and, and so it's a great place. And then later I will, I will like usually once a week, just kind of transfer those over to my uh, Asana as a tool I use to capture yeah. ideas in the parking lot. And, 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 and then they live there uh, until, until I move on to what is going to be more the implementation side of things that I know we're going to, we're going to talk about in a second, but yeah. What, what about you? Uh, Andy, what, what kind of things or Justin even? What do you, yeah, what do you Justin, think? I want to hear yours. Yeah, so similar process. I write stuff down, but I was just thinking about how as an advisor, more than once, like, because part of our role is doing this very thing, not, not just internally in like our own business and development, but like with the clients themselves sitting down, like more than once, I've dumped my parking lot on the client sitting across from me, right? Like <laughs> these are completely new concepts and things. And I'm like, here you go especially early on, right? Like, oh, you need life insurance, you need this, right? It was really easy to do that. But then growing in that and maturing in that, a big part of our process now is learning, like, how do we we cultivate this for the clients? How do I create an environment for them to do this and help them build a parking lot? All right, we've identified all these areas, but now I recognize that I'm challenging you're new. So so we're going to start with this, right? Like, where's the baseline that we've got some common ground on that we can build off of? And then when we're talking about topics, it's it's sometimes even sending your podcast over or another podcast that we listen to and integrating that information so that it becomes part of their regular diet as well, so that we can move them along in that process and really truly be advised. Yeah. Well, I think one of the hardest things to do, and this is getting pretty nuanced, but I think one of the hardest things to do is yes, to gather new ideas. I think there's I think that that's that's not the hardest part, but then to catalog them, I think that's that's obviously the next step to find a parking lot, you know, a safe place they're going to be housed. I also love that image, Wes, because it's like there aren't two cars in one spot. You know, there's actually an order to it and you can drive yeah. down and pick them up. You know, there's an there's order to that, multiple levels and yada, yada. That's right. But I think the next part of it is, and Justin, this is the part you spoke to, is to let those ideas mature. Give them some time, right? I think this is something we, you know, I struggle with in my business because, you know, we, we tr- we're, we're at... We are we are, we try to create order, create systems for how to think and how to act, just as you do, uh, Wes. And sometimes you just have to let an idea sit and mature, and kind of massage it and let it flesh itself out. And I think that there's a lot of times where you learn something, you're like, I gotta go share it, I gotta go do it. Um, and and sometimes you gotta just sit and let it let it mature. And I would say that if you're if you're able to do these things that Wes is asking you to do, gain new information, catalog it, let it mature, you you will be doing something that the top three percent of people in the world do, right? Most people are not having original thoughts. Most people are not you know gathering information. They're certainly not, certainly not categorizing it, and they're certainly not taking it and then making it their own. So if you can do this, this is a pretty powerful activity. Um, for creating, you know, new things and new habits. Wes, what's next? Yeah, so next is resolution. And, and if you just think about that word resolution, often it's associated with like New Year's resolution, right? And the one time in the year, everybody looks at all the things that they don't like about their life and they say, I'm going to radically change it all. And 
then about three weeks later, none of nothing's happened. You know, <laughs> that's usually what you think about Re- resolution. Like the formal definition of that one, one definition is a decision to do or not to do something as a decision to do or not to do something. So th- that's really um, in the approach to that, there has to be a regular interval. So, and let's just even say that it's, it's a quarterly planning session where you're defining out, here's my, my vision of what I'd like to see happen three years from today. And then backing that down into a smaller bite-sized vision of, of where you, you feel like you could make milestones. And then you look at that catalog of ideas, that parking lot, that buffet, and you decide what to move from the parking lot into the road. Yeah. And that's something you're actually going to do or, or something that you're going to actually take from the buffet and put it on your plate to eat. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, or sometimes take something back off your plate because you're like, that may not be the best idea. So it, it's hard because there's more ideas than there's time. Without question, there's more ideas than there's time. So you've got to say, I'm going to make a decision to do some things and probably to not do some things because, you know, we like we talked about this in the last podcast, but some things like they, they yeah, they may have been valuable in your life when you got started. Uh, and, and, pro- and maybe it was an approach to the business. Yeah. Maybe it was language that you use. Um, but, but, but where things are at now, it's no longer the best. It's no longer serving you that well. Um, or it could be something that wasn't ever serving you well. You just inherited it and you never chose distinctly to go, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. So resolution is simply saying, okay, what are the, what are the handful of ideas? And depending on the type of idea, depends on how, how many you can do is, you know, if we, we always use the analogy of change. It's like remodeling a house while you're trying to live in it. And, and so if one of my ideas is, you know, I want to change out all the light bulbs to, to be more energy efficient, mm-hmm. that requires one level of energy. If it's, we're going to rip out the kitchen in the bathroom, that's a very different lift, right? So you've got to personally assess, and we do this with our team, Andy. So, so Justin sits on these all the time where we send out, like, here's the big picture where we think we're going together. And in addition to the normal things we're doing, here are the here are the 10 things that are on my list right now that we are going to do or stop doing and and give me feedback. What what do we need to change about this? And and usually honestly, our team, this <laughs> this this is a little bit gets back to our wiring. Um so so my team most of the people on our team, on my team, if you've ever taken a Colby uh assessment, I don't, I don't know if you were taking one of those. No, hey, spell spell that for folks too, because people yeah. often K-O-L-B-E. And um, Kathy Colby, uh, she, her father was uh, Dr. Wonderlick. So if you've ever heard of a Wonderlick test that is taken, it's kind of an, an IQ type test. Um, she, she moved into this area of, um, of, of how we naturally, not, it's not an IQ test. It's, it's more, if left to your own self, how do you naturally like to seize opportunities or solve problems? So you don't pass it or fail it, right? It's just, it just is. Um, I'll tell you this, Wes. That's one of my favorite things. This is half joke, half truth. It's funny because it's true, right? Yeah. yeah. No one's ever failed a personality. No one's ever failed to Colby. That's right. You know, my kids are taking a test today. They're at home right now because they're going to do kind of a homeschool hybrid thing. You know what? I love personality tests because I've never taken one and they've been like, you suck at life. Yeah. You, know, they're, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, oh, this is who you are. And I'm like, that's well, exactly, hey, you're right. You know, you know, you, you think about this because oftentimes we test all the people that come through our class transform that, that we teach people that want to go deeper in this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the things they talk about, they say, well, what's the best advisor Colby or what's the best advisor, uh, working genius. Um, and, and I always say, you know what the best advisor is 
an aware advisor. Yeah. Like, well, even if the answer is something, it's like, well, you can't change you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know? Well, being so, aware, yeah. you know, where you're naturally going to bump up against issues and whether you're not like you need to some cases lean into the things that you're naturally wired, sometimes lean out. Well, this is one of those. So like in quick start is what, how you naturally deal with change or, or new um, ideas. I am about as high, like we call myself, I'm a long green line. So I'm about as long as you can get in. Like, I love change. I love taking new ideas. And so the problem with that is I will blow up our normal if I'm not careful. I'll have 50 ideas and be like, they used to be scared to death when I come back. Hey, Wes, this is working and we all are paying our mortgages and everyone's happy. He's like, cool. Let me blow this up. Right. They'd be like, oh, he's coming back from a conference. He's going to But but the other side is true. So most of the people on our team, the way they deal with change um, is they want to make it a part of muscle memory as fast as possible. They want to stabilize it, which right. is such a really powerful period. Because here's what will happen is I'll come in with 10 ideas and then they'll all help me make them better. And then, again, if they believe in the vision of where we're going, they know we have to alter things and develop and change. So it's not that they're like against it uh, when they believe in where things are going, but it's like, hey, but we can probably do three of these well. Like we we could try doing all ten. So I think having a good team to run your your uh, bounce these ideas back and forth and then make them better and then really say, okay, look, we got to still run things. So how do we implement the execution? These then that, is that the execution part of this? Of of well, it, it, execution comes at, at like the accountability phase. This is really where you're still in resolution, where you're saying, all right, we're deciding to do or not to do something, and okay. and our process for that is simply what we've been talking about. Okay. Um, then, then it's orchestration, which is, all right, but where do they fit on the calendar? Yeah, like, let's plan. Let's plan to do this thing, right? That's right. If you talk about, oh, when are you going to get married? Oh, we're getting married when, right? Okay, we're going to do this thing when. The next question is always when, right? So yeah. that's orchestration. Absolutely. And, and it's like, well, and if you think about it, and Justin, I'd like you to talk about this a little bit. Um, and I don't think people know this necessarily. So Justin uh, was uh, trained, helped train uh, athletes in uh, the UFC. Some, some in particular that that uh, you are, are big names. Uh, Tim Kennedy is one of them, and you know, elite athletes here. So when you had a fight coming up, and you had to orchestrate what camp would be like, I'd love you to speak to that just a little bit because it's very different from what was happening when just day to day was was going on. Yeah, I mean, going from the resolution part to orchestration happened pretty fast, right? Like, you got a phone call, hey, you got to fight in six weeks or, or whatever the deadline was. But knowing and having that deadline, like, it, it's quite the motivator, right? Like, something that you go in this general maintenance phase with no deadline and then coming up to it, right? Like, once we actually had a fight, had a contender, like, then it was game time in the sense of the, the development, right? Like, this is where we actually prove this hypothesis of the things that we think are going to move us in the right direction. And counting the cost of what that's going to take, or how we're going to implement it, and then putting it on the calendar and doing it. And sometimes that was, you know, that could be three to four workouts in a day, five, six days a week. That's one of my favorite backstories. Like Tim Kennedy, again, one of the guys you mentioned, everybody gets to see that one fight and thinks, like, oh, I could go do that for a living right now. What they don't see is like the day to day. Like, I can't tell you how many times, even going over his house, like he just covered up with ice packs all over. Because that was day in and day out. It's a, it was a, it was a grind, right? Like it, yeah. it goes back to like knowing why you're doing this. Like you have to have that behind you because yeah. you're going to have challenges and you're not going to move forward. You're going to have given up just kind of like New Year's resolutions, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I also think it, it also to this point, like you do have to narrow down the scope of focus on things. Cause like, if you have a guy who has never, ever done jujitsu and, and you could say, Hey, I want to be an expert in jujitsu before this upcoming fight. It's probably not going to happen. Right. So it's like you pick some ideas that are going to serve you the best for what is upcoming and then drill those. Yeah. Reality is a, a great differentiator. Right. So <laughs> gives you a quick, heavy dose. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, Wes, what's next? So then execution. Execution's where this is really about direction, not intention, determines our destination. So so unless you're actually executing, and let, like you can you can pick an idea, you can put it on the calendar. And then a lot of times you get to the end of the week and you you didn't do it. You bumped it. Like, yeah, you plan on uh drilling this new uh idea, or you plan on moving into this new CRM system or whatever it might be organizationally you've defined. Or, or, or mastering a narrative to communicate an idea to a client. So you said, I need to practice this every day. And then you get to the end of the day and what happened? Well, you, you took a phone call in that spot and you just, you moved it. Uh, instead of practice, you, you said, well, you know, I really need to go over here and do this other thing. You, are you actually doing it? And, and are you checking in regularly to say, where, how often am I missing? Did I bite off more than I can chew here? Or am I just, am I, because am, direction, Andy Stanley wrote a book on this and it's wonderful direction, not intention, determines our destination? Are we actually taking the steps and being accountable? Well, uh, we want to thank you all for learning about how to go from your normal to your new. And we hope you'll invest in discovering what new things that you need to implement and then build a bridge from your normal to the new things that you desire in your life. In our next episode, we're going to dig deeper into Wes's business where he does charge for his advice which is unique in his field. And we'll approach answering a simple question that most people are horrible at answering, which is, what do you do? And if you like Wes's show, then please find it on the podcast app of your Apple device or computer and leave him a review. Uh, this show and all of Wes's other resources can be found at one place, which is wesyounglive.com. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. <laughs>